Faith to Form, the podcast for the F2F Music Foundation. This is the podcast we do for F2F. The Music Foundation seeks to enable all youth to pursue continuous and rigorous training to music to their highest level of interest and abilities while striving for the best academic achievements possible. F2F is designed to provide disadvantaged students with high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools with the opportunity to excel in their academic endeavors by utilizing the benefits of music to enrich their lives and the lives of others in their community. Isn't that cool? Yes. Yes, it is. What a, what a, what a great uh, ride this has been so far, Val. I think, or is it three years yet, or is it close to three years that we've been doing this? Uh, three years with podcasts, but F2F has been in existence four years now. Okay. We just celebrated our fourth anniversary in July. July 9th. Let's celebrate. Yay. Okay, well, we can do that. Vel Lewis can be found uh, listed on many popular recordings as well-known TV shows, The Sopranos, Mad About You, Friends, and so much more. He's a Hammond organist, but so much more, Vel. I think that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. Michael Garvin <laughs> is a world-class songwriter, guitarist, trumpeter. I didn't know that. I'm just reading this right now for the first time. Hailing from Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, L.A. You got it. <laughs> Man, you're from L.A. I didn't know Shreveport was in L.A. Garvin's first success came as a songwriter and is widely known uh, pending the uh, number one global hit, Waiting for Tonight, recorded by Jennifer Lopez and the worldwide multi-platinum Never give up on a good thing for George Benson. Aha, I, this is wonderful. So you moved to Nashville at mm-hmm. 18. You live your first year there, starving artist with your wife. Absolutely. And she accepted that. And she said, go, go, Michael, go, right? Before landing his first songwriting deal with Blake Melvis at ABC Dunhill. I remember that record label. That was a cool record label. It was label. a great label. Michael uh, credits Blake with not only being the first to see his potential as a songwriter, but also as a lead guitarist at the age of 19, he wrote his first top five record. If the world ran out of love tonight was recorded by Jim Ed Brown and Helen Cornelius also recorded. I love these guys, England and John Ford. I love them too, man. And, uh, you might think it was easy sailing. Life is an easy sailing, baby. <laughs> I, I think we've all figured this out at this point in time. Correct. Right. Yeah. But but the good news is is we're sitting here talking today. I'm so glad you're you, you're able to, to drop out of the studios as well. My pleasure. Normally we do these podcasts via you know not we have Squadcast platform or by phone, but it's mm. so much nicer to have it is in your face good. in the studio. Mm-hmm. So and we tried. We almost hooked up. It was probably a couple of months ago. I guess we were. I was in Galveston. He was here, but he was leaving, right. and I couldn't get back fast enough, so we, we decided to push the podcast off. But it's been a long time coming, and we need to do that. And, Michael, I met you at uh, a Springboard. Uh, we were having – we had lunch at uh, House of Blues, I think it was. We did. So – and you guys, did – you met him there. Is right. that right, Phil? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just goes to show you, folks, you got to get out of the house to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's an important asset to, to to do things and get things done. You can't sit in front of the TV, and I'm sure I'm sure you don't. But you know, this F2F Foundation is is really uh, a grand thing, and you know, you getting to work with uh, Vel on on music and everything. We'll talk about that. But I'm sure uh, he's told you many. Uh, great stories about what F2F does. Oh, it's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. What What is it about? What What do you think is some of the best things about uh, Faith to Form is doing? I think the, the providing instruments 
to kids that can afford them is an awesome thing among the many things that are great about FTF, but that's, that's a super thing to yeah. have. Yeah. And, and it, it is important and, and it's music has been shown. We did some, uh, saw some research on that as well about how music really energizes the brain right. and, and causes good things to happen in life all around mm-hmm. as well. Um, and plus musicians are just plain cool people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly, it's yeah. a good thing. Let's talk about uh, uh, let's talk about uh, playtime, uh, the new single uh, that uh, you guys did together. Talk about that, Bill. Yeah, that was an interesting concept. I think when we first started, because it it, it kind of launched from a groove that I had uh, recorded with my cousin while I was on a Christmas holiday in, mm-hmm. in Maryland. And um, he said, you know, we, let's try to record something just for fun. And I said, okay, fine. So I sat down at his keyboard and came up with a little, just a little groove part. And then I said, you know, well, now we need to expand on this. Let me get in touch with a guitarist because I think a really good t- guitar line would be nice on this. Yeah. So I was thinking more of just rhythmic guitar pattern. Oh. And I remembered Michael. I said, oh, let me give Michael a call and see if he'd like to do something on it. So once he sent it back to me and I heard, oh, wow, he's done an intro. Now we've got a melody that wasn't there before. Oh, now we've got, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we continued, you know, just working it through to get it into a production stage where it is now. And uh, it was so different because our concept was to do a guitar organ duo which had never been done as yeah. far as we know mm-hmm. and uh it just it just worked because when we got it out to radio promoters uh radio stations as well they were like this we've never heard this before this is great hammond organ and guitar together yeah. as yeah. a duo wow yeah really fresh stuff so they've just continued playing it still even now it's, it's still getting strong airplay yeah, and it's a great song too. Thank you. You, you know, Michael, you have a certain. I think all musicians have a certain style and vibe. You know, they craft different songs, but you can always hear that common thread mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, vibe Taxi was a one that I really enjoyed as Thank well. Thank you so much. And uh, it's on my Spotify playlist, as is Vell's uh, music as well. But uh, and and then and then there's this thing about a record label you you guys are doing. Like, we are. And, we are and by the way, thinking of uh, going back to the what you said before, I think of you as Booker T and the MGs B two. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. we, that that, that, that has about, not escaped our attention. It, 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 right, about Michael that. mentioned that as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really is. When you mm-hmm. think about that, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. you've got the same components and characteristics of mm-hmm. that incredible uh, band. Mm-hmm. Um, so then anyway, it's just an afterthought there. Well, but talk about, about the r- green onions, huh? There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with green onions. That's right. a good thing. What, uh, what, what is this new record label? Talk uh, talk about that, Phil. Uh, well, we needed to come up with a name for a label, and we wanted to have Playtime have a platform to launch from. Mm-hmm. So we said, well, if we come up with a label and then start just churning out music from this label, why couldn't it be a successful label? So yeah, we said, all right, yeah, well, yeah. let's make Playtime the first one out. So we um, registered the name, uh, the company as LLC, and kind of played around with different names and said, well, okay, I'm Vel and Michael's Garvin. Okay, so Vel Gar, no, that doesn't work. Okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe in reverse. Okay, Gar Vel. Wow, 
Carvel, yeah, Carvel, Flores, Carvel yeah. music. That yeah. works. Yeah. It's just got a zing to it. Yeah, it does. And so does the music that it represents. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how do you feel about being a part of a record label, Michael? I love it. Yeah? I love it. It's it's exciting. This it business is, is really, they, you know, the old adage, do what you love and you never mm -hmm. work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can say that about, I've been in broadcast over 50 years now and in, in, in doing the production thing here at Radio Lounge for almost, well, over 30 years as well. But it's true. It's true. It's true. You chase that dream. But you got to have somebody on the other side of that relationship who also sees that dream mm -hmm. or else you can't chase it. Yep. You're, you're running That's out true. there by yourself. So both of you guys have a good foundational support of people who believe in what you can do. How important is that, do you think? That's amazingly important, uh, especially from the listener standpoint, because you know, we've been doing our own music independently for years yeah. and have developed a following of fans. Sure. But now to bring them all together through the radio airplay that's been happening. And also we've got an official video that's on YouTube as well for the playtime. I've seen that, yes. It's really good. Yeah, and people have really gravitated to that because of how it's been put together. It's just a fun-looking video, mm -hmm. along with the song being fun as well. That um, It just all blended in a way where we really weren't expecting it to be in that kind of era where it is now. Mm -hmm. But it's fitting into you know the mainstream of music that we've been dealing with here. So I'm I'm just really excited. About I'm it. I'm thrilled. How did you guys collaborate? Was it long distance collaboration? Record a track, send it to Houston or whatever. How did well, how did you put the song together? Yeah, you know, we basically did most of the, the um, rhythm bed tracks here in Houston. Mm -hmm. So that was with my band. Yeah, and then uh, sent the mix I think to mm -hmm. Michael. And you at the time, I think, was doing some transition between uh, Louisiana and... Exactly. exactly. I play, actually played the parts in Shreveport, my parts. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I did the editing and the final mix stuff in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Now, it's not Amsterdam, New York. It's Amsterdam, Holland, uh, just in case you weren't paying close attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what is what is in Europe that uh, that uh, that takes you there and, and uh, the interest there? I'm curious you, about you that. You know, I've worked mostly in Europe as a songwriter for years, probably mm -hmm. probably like twenty years now, and I'm signed to a Dutch publisher, and most of my deals have been out of Europe as oh. a songwriter for for a long time. I, I I worked for EMI out of Brussels, and then. Sony out of Stockholm and Warner Chapel out of uh, out of Munich. So this is it. It, it makes sense. Made sense to have a residence mm -hmm. there and to because uh, we've spent a fortune in hotels. You know, I'm I'm in Europe as much as six months out of the year. Wow! And especially in that region, I work yeah. a lot in that in the in the Benelux territory. So it made it made a lot of sense to have a house there. And I have a composer friend that was selling his house that I've worked in many times. I've actually written hit songs in this, in this house before. Really? And he's really, got a great really. studio. And, and yeah. I, I told him years ago, if you ever sold the studio, if you ever sold the house, I'm to, buying it. to please yeah. contact me. And he did. And, and we did. You mentioned Warner Chapel. We, uh, we license uh, music for our uh, productions for television and radio and such. And in this podcast as well. 
We license uh, three different libraries from Warner Chapel. Warner is very good. They are there. They really yeah. are, aren't they? There was a, uh, we, we initially started out with a company called 615 Music out of Nashville. And, uh, I know they, that company. Do you? Okay. I do. I do. And they, they were, they were, it was good cut. What, what, the thing that we look for in production is real. I like real. I don't mm-hmm. like fake. I don't like synths. I like mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna play strings, give me strings and mm-hmm. whatever. Network Music did a great job of that years ago with real instruments, and it, as a result, the thing sounded really cool. But Warner Chapel is is a great. Yeah, thing. I enjoy it. I enjoy that that publisher a lot. So you like that traveling stuff, don't you? Well, you know, it's funny. I love I love being in Europe. I love being in America too. I mean, I, I love sure. I love breaking it up. That that's the thing is that every territory is so different and the music scene is so different and it just keeps you fresh. Yeah. To uh to get different influences and work in different arenas. Is the air cleaner over there as well? I bet it is. The air is really clean where we live. Yeah, yeah that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, can, I can only think that. Mm-hmm. We know? live in a little town called Leah Warden, which is extremely northern wow. Holland, and it's 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 really clean. And it's, you have IKEA furniture in your house, I too. do indeed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> so do we. Mm-hmm. So do we. Isn't that amazing? And I love IKEA. I don't care about the fact that the instructions don't make any sense mm-hmm. sometimes, and occasionally a part is missing. There's always one thing that doesn't fit together. Right? I know that's the thing. That, you know, you thing. get the the rest of it built, and there's one part that just doesn't quite. But Michael, <laughs> what you find out at that point in time is you skip that right. part <laughs> right. on page four, and it's like. Oh, I gotta go back and do it all over again. What a pain in the neck! I hate instructions that'll say like insert part A into part B. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it'll go. But first, you know, <laughs> you've already done liver. We're not listening. It's yeah. not good. It's yeah. not a good thing. You know, F two F just came off of a great uh, summertime event. Uh, uh, let's recap that real quick, Val. Wow, talk. that. Uh, I, I, we've done online summer camps in the prior years because of COVID. And we've been planning this in-person camp with uh, HCC, Houston Community College, with their Stafford campus during these years. Mm-hmm. But to actually be able to physically do this and be there at the campus and have the kids come in and really just do the full production of the camp was in itself amazing. But then as we started bringing the programming in each day of having artists come in and perform for mm-hmm. the kids and showing them the, the different types of music, mm-hmm. genres that they perform in. For example, we had uh, Joe Carmouche come in mm-hmm. and on guitar explaining about blues and jazz and how these particular genres are very important in this particular area that we are here in Houston. Um, and then online presentations by instrument manufacturers to show the kids how the instruments that they play are actually made. Perfect. And they could see the factories where these instruments are built by these manufacturers, how that they might be on a particular machine and how a flute would be, mm-hmm. uh, the holes carved out on mm-hmm. it and the keys put in it and you could see the workers as they were actually putting mm-hmm. the instruments together. It was just awesome. Yeah. And then we um, ended the uh, two-week session with uh, Zydeco music. The kids had, had no idea. They didn't know what that was about. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Moreno joined us to play a little bit on accordion mm-hmm. and sing some of the Creole lyrics mm-hmm. of the traditional uh, Zydeco oh. uh, Creole music. And yeah. 
Uh, that, I, I was just floored with it because I had never really seen that up close in person. Yeah. Uh, Brazilian percussionist uh, Cassio Duarte brought in a lot of different toys and percussion instruments, some that I hadn't seen before either. And uh, the kids just soaked it all up. It was just amazing. Yeah. And of course, we had a uh, representative, the artist representative for Hammond Organ Company, talk about the story of the Hammond Organ, oh. which uh, they loved that as well. And it's just impressive camp. The um, uh, uh, dean of visual performing arts, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Colleen Riley, uh, she's joined us on a podcast. She was in tears to see how these kids came together as a finale at the last day to perform together one song and everyone playing strings and trumpets and uh, clarinets and piano, had two pianists playing together, kids with my band. It it was just amazing, just amazing. I can't wait to get the video done because we've got a lot of video clips that we're working to put together as... uh, you know, feature yeah. video. It's so. good to be able to have that stuff and recap it and show it to folks. To yes, to, yes, marketing and an educational tool as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a good time. It was a great venue, a lot of great participants, and it came together nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a time when we're still coming coming away from COVID, I mean, it's, it's, true. it's still out there. It's you know, true. people are still they're careful. They're still mm-hmm. careful about where they're going and what they're doing. I would especially think that was true with you going transatlantic as well. I caught it recently. I avoided it all this time and yeah. about a month ago. Yeah. So we got to be careful. Songwriting event in, uh, in Brussels, totally got it. Wow. So just in case you thought it was gone, mm-hmm. it ain't gone. Mm-mm. It's still hanging around. Mm-hmm. You're a composer. How does a musician or a composer stay energized, Michael, to do new stuff? Well, I mean, I don't believe there's a limited amount of ideas or inspiration. No, no, but, no. But what, in, what inspires you to get creative? You know, everything inspires me. Other, other, other music inspires me. People mm-hmm. inspire me. Different places inspire me. Um, and again, working in different arenas yeah. is great. Working in different countries is great because you just you learn something new every time. Better on stage or better in the studio? Which do you uh, like to do most? You know, I love I love it both. Um, if I had to choose one over the other, it would probably be the studio, mm-hmm. but, but I love the stage too. Going back to the studio, you think of the Beatles back in the sixties working with a four track machine. Sergeant Pepper was on a four Absolutely. track machine. So when you make decisions about edits and mixing stuff and wiping stuff out, mm-hmm. you've made that decision and you got to stick with it. We are so... Uh, blessed these days to have so many tools. But... There was a great moment in that Beatles Get Back documentary yes. where they were complaining that EMI sprung for an eight track <laughs> for the Beach Boys but wouldn't do it for the Beatles. Are you kidding me? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Harrison bought an eight track and that's what they used for the, uh, the Get Back sessions, which eventually became the Let It Be album. Okay. And even think back on that, but eight it tracks, just... really? <laughs> We're kind of spoiled, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And you know, they have we have the Waves plugins, and, and uh, they have the Abbey Road uh, plugins as well, including, we have a, in Studio A, we've got a Studio Revox, uh, mm-hmm. a real studio, mm-hmm. Studio Revox, reel-to-reel. 
but you can add that plugin to the uh, mm -hmm. to the, uh, the the session and such. So that's interesting. So inspirational wise, what uh, what kinds of names of some artists that uh, inspire you uh, to? Well, create? Val Lewis would be first. <laughs> oh, that was the right answer. Okay, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was a good one. But, but it, it, any particular genres? You know, all genres. I'm 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 real schizophrenic in in what I love musically and what influences me. Yeah. Um, I would say my my main influence as a guitarist is probably, strangely enough, as a jazz guitarist, is uh, George Harrison. I just think he was so oh. flipping melodic. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, certainly George Benson, certainly Larry Carlton, and Kenny Burrell, and the usual suspects. But yeah. on a musical level. Harrison. He was genius, yeah. Yeah, he really was, and and he's he changed over the years. You know, he had the early early influences of the of the, of the, the rockabilly, rockabilly stuff, stuff yeah. mm -hmm. which is great. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Then they went to India, and then he he hooked up to that. But I was listening to a portion of one of those Abbey Road sessions, and uh, he was talking about the fact that I can't I can't I can't just do riffs. I got to make up stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. prior to that and learn it and execute it that way. Yeah, he was that kind of lead player for sure. Yeah, isn't that interesting though? Because I guess it makes sense, but uh, he was very specific. Very compositional. And, and he also had some weird amp settings that he would use that mm -hmm. was different from anybody. You mm -hmm. would, you would. There was a guy who set up his rig because he mm -hmm. was coming into the studio to record. Mm -hmm. and the guy said, it sounded horrible. And then George st uh, started playing. Mm -hmm. And it sounded beautiful. Mm -hmm. So who's to know? And boy, mm -hmm. he's played a number of guitars as well along the way, uh, from the early Gretches to the uh, mm -hmm. well, the Stratocasters mm -hmm. and such as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, sad that he's no longer with us. Absolutely. But he was so good at what yeah, I he loved does. Him. I loved him. I love his songwriting too. But you know, as being a, a kid musician, a teen musician in the '60s, and listening to that stuff, we would put. I don't know whether you did this, but I would put the record on. And put the needle on and go, listen, 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 take it off and go, hmm, I'll figure it out that way. Uh, and learning some of the stuff that he did, And Your Bird Can Sing, uh, 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 a whole bunch of other things. That was genius, absolutely genius. People probably don't know this now, but when we grew up in records, actual vinyl records, and you could take a 45 and slow it down to 33 and a third mm -hmm. yes. to learn things that were played fast, and it would be exactly one octave below. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, that was you, pretty cool. Or being the Beatles fan, you played the, the Revolution backwards, and it was number nine. It was kind of an interesting <laughs> song as well. Hey, Vel, the, uh, the, the, the kids, it's an important thing here. We're talking to uh, adults, obviously, in the podcast, but we're also talking to families and, and, uh, and teens as well. From a student's perspective, what should a student be doing right now today to craft an opportunity for tomorrow? What can they be doing right now? Well, first thing, and I talk to kids about this quite a bit, is to listen to music. Because a lot of times, especially the younger generation, and I'm, I'm looking primarily at the 8 to 12-year-old mm -hmm. group of kids, they are still kind of lost wondering what to do because you know, as yeah. we know growing up years ago you know our parents would turn the radio on mm -hmm. and you'd hear yeah. all types of different music mm -hmm. being played while you're in the car going mm -hmm. to the store or just taking a drive to go visit you know an aunt or cousin or whatever like that yeah. so those kinds of days are gone now because of the fact that 
kids have phones. They can throw their AirPods on and kind of just play games. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I've told a few of them, well, it's great that you know how to play a video game, but what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah. Do you listen to any music? Yeah. No. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's, well, try it sometimes. Find a platform. There's YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I look at YouTube a lot, but do you listen? You got to listen to some music there. There's a lot there that you can choose from. Yeah. I even have a channel on YouTube <laughs> so you can listen to some <laughs> of my music. You do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that kind of starts the process of just yeah. getting them tuned in to knowing that there's music that will inspire them, help them relax a little more, yeah, and help and them from a, an emotional as well as spiritual standpoint. Deepens your humanity. Exactly. Yeah, it really does, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It, it? it makes life a little bit more colorful, I mm-hmm. think, and, and brighter and shinier, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Being around music never gets old. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even, I, even with the, the, uh, some of the younger folks who, uh, they, they like that a specific type of music, uh, whether it be, but I, I like the fact that, I guess where I'm going with this, I like the fact that I would li- I liked when I see teens in the audience of, of the symphony, uh, where they're learning stuff like that, mm-hmm. because really all that stuff is the foundational stuff mm-hmm. uh, of, of music. You got to know that. You got to understand you can't learn the new stuff until you understand the old mm-hmm. stuff. I'm a big believer mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. What are, what are, between the both of you guys, what are some of the new sounds and styles and ideas uh, that you uh, you have discovered of being uh, really kind of cool. I know it's uh, I know it's smooth jazz that uh, is at the heart and soul of what you do, but there's a little bit more than that. What have you heard out there that really kind of piques your interest, guys? I'm going to give you an honest answer. I haven't heard much, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> because what I've been hearing in music is is just so. I'll say maybe I'll use the word plastic. It's There's just, a lot of that, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the same cookie cutter, you know, thing where one artist copies another one to have the same style, the same sound because it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael and I were talking about this last night that we need to stay in our lane in terms of what we think is exciting. Yeah. So then, when we put the music out there, yeah, that there is some people who want to hear that they want to hear something mm-hmm. different yeah because there's too much of the same thing that seems to be rolling over and that's the same thing with the, the pop music that i'm hearing as well mm-hmm. it's the same kind of riffs with the vocal mm-hmm. the same notations that's being used and it's like okay well yeah there's a whole lot more notes in the scale than just those <laughs> that are just singing uh-huh. so i'm hoping that we can develop more music ourselves, Michael and I, through our label, mm-hmm. that we are now starting to grab some of that music that's out there and then show people when we put it together that we can expand on those things and make the music really exciting. We're going to be brave. More. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anybody out there that you've uh, heard, an artist or two, that might have something going beyond just the basic, uh, the basic stuff? Mm, there's a few, but I, I can't come to mind with their names right offhand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have been listening quite a bit to some of the pop music and um, the new R&B, as I'll call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, but uh, what's been interesting that I've uh, spent a little time with is on Instagram because if people are doing a lot of the reels and they just, you know, if they know how to play an instrument or whatever, they show what they can do. Sure. And I just happened to see a young girl play the bass part for a popular song by The Whispers. Oh, yeah. Which, I think you shared that with me That as well. shocked me. I said, wow, she's listening mm-hmm. to this type of music. This is old school R&B, mm-hmm. but the young people are gravitating mm-hmm. to it because, first of all, they never heard it. True. And yeah. when they hear it, they see that this is real music. This is, There's an actual bass part here that I can play. Mm-hmm. And then they're actually mm-hmm. trying to learn it and sure. play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really exciting to see that. So I'm hoping that you know, more young people take the time to explore mm-hmm. and look back, listen to what has been done years ago, mm-hmm. and then bring it forward. Sure. And, I would say that you just, just it always takes me a second to digest something, and, but but I would I would say from my perspective in terms of of music that's out there now that's particularly good. I think the Bruno Mars records are extremely oh, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Well oh, produced yeah. as well. I think yeah. the Charlie Puth records are extremely oh, yeah. good. Oh, yes, 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 Exactly, yeah. I agree. So that is really, mm-hmm. that's next generation stuff. That's mm-hmm. the foundation for the future. Mm-hmm. And I bet those guys understand the past. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Oh, exactly. no, no doubt about yeah. Bruno, for sure. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And Charlie, yeah. Mm-hmm. These, are, uh, these are really good people. Mm-hmm. So there is some great stuff out mm-hmm. there. But, you know, in, in, the, in the world of selling records and such, everybody wants a formula. Mm-hmm. They'd love for it to be a science so they could control it. But, but you can't. But it's not a science. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's all about the creativity mm-hmm. in music. Creativity is a good thing. Michael is an international kind of a guy with roots in northwest Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, so where does the heart and soul of your music come from? You know, they always talk about that. Oh, it's the Memphis sound. Mm-hmm. Or it's the Nashville sound. Or it's New York or L.A. or Philly or something like that. But what about what about where your music comes from? Well, I certainly grew up around the jazz culture of Louisiana, for for sure. Yeah. But also radio, when I was a kid, was so darn good. Yeah. Um, that we heard everything. You know, growing up in Shreveport, you heard you heard not only the local kind of music, but but you heard on Top 40 radio back then, you heard everything. You yeah, heard, you did. You'd hear Jimi Hendrix up next to uh, Freddie Fender. <laughs> you know, mm. you'd hear, that's true. There was you really it, it, it was it was a, it was a great education that you don't necessarily get now. You've got to really work to hear mm-hmm. yeah. lots of things, but it was amazing back then, and we had great DJs. You know, Larry Ryan, our specific DJs. I just yeah. I, I'm very grateful. It was di- it was different back then, yeah. And radio radio now normally has about a three hundred and fifty uh, song playlist, and mm-hmm. they play the hits, play the hits, play the hits. Mm-hmm. That's due to audience music testing, and what can keep people listening for a long time. And it was multi genre. That's it, that's right. But and and the, the personalities were more personalities mm-hmm. uh, than uh, than they are today. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Jimi Hendrix. We had a voice coaching student who's going to start with us. Um, come in t- and talk to us, and he goes. His name is Dominic, and Dominic says, "My uh, my dad played drums with Jimi Hendrix. This is prior to uh, the How gentleman who cool. joined later. Isn't that cool?" Mm-hmm. I said, "My first question. So do you still have the drums?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, 
I said, don't ever get rid of them. I oh. said, maybe make a trip to the Rock Hall of Fame with those drums, mm-hmm. but do nothing else. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great things coming our way for F2F in uh, 2023. Can you believe it's 2023 almost? Yeah. Holy cow. So uh, there's a big event uh, that we are in the planning stages. Talk about that, Bill. I'm not going to talk too much about that. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, right if we talk about it and you're listening to the podcast, don't tell anybody. Okay, good. <laughs> but we're actually going tease to- it, Tease it, Yeah, we're going to finally realize one of our dream programs. Um, if any of you have uh, visited our website, you'll see that we have various programs. One is the inter- uh, uh, Instrument Fund Program, and then we have our- clinics and workshops program yeah. we're actually about to launch pretty soon with uh fort ben isd schools we just had a meeting with the director a couple of days ago and also with uh lamar consolidated uh independent school district we'll be working with some of those schools as well and some cool. of the students and band directors cool. with the clinics and workshops program but we are now looking forward into our international music program mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of talked with Michael about that this morning to share what our plans were to be able Mm -hmm. to take some kids abroad so that they can learn how jazz music has infiltrated different cultures uh, across the the oceans here and uh, form different other types of genres of music. So uh, the first trip we're scheduling is for Brazil at some point, and uh, hopefully we can do that next year. Mm. But then we've also made some headway into finally getting our music festival going. Yeah. So um, we've got some tentative dates. We just need to make sure we can actually realize those. And I'll be affirming that up hopefully on Monday. With that's the awesome. Meeting. Awesome. Yeah, that's and then um, we'll start doing some planning and do some surveys to find out what people are wanting to see if they come to a music festival so we can entertain yeah. the community and uh, also involve schools to be able to perform yeah. with their uh, jazz ensembles or, I don't know, maybe even bring a marching band in to perform to uh, kick awesome. off a festival. So awesome. I love that idea. Yeah. Kind of like, um, who was that? Uh, what's the group I'm thinking of that brought the marching band in for for Tusk. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was really, that was really cool. cool. You know, you talk about bands. Again, back in the, as a kid in the 60s, I wanted to get our high school band to, because of the of the orchestration of uh, Sgt. Pepper and such like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, we need to do that. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, a good, it's good stuff on the horizon for 2023. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Film at 11. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Michael Garvin, what would surprise me most about you, the guitar player? Hmm. Yeah. Any, no, no deep, dark secrets or anything like that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just some, a fun fact to take away a from A fun our, fact to take away. Yes. I don't, I don't know what that would be. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll save I'm that a bad, for the I'm a bad, I'm a bad guest here. <laughs> no, you're not a bad guest. You're a great guest. And, and, and Michael, so, did you see that George Harrison interview on the Dick Cavett show that that's so legendary? No, no. It's hilarious. I feel it was not. It didn't go well, good. Well, he just they, they uh, he didn't answer any questions. They, he goes, so George, what you know, what uh, you know, what you what what did you got new? And he was gardening. 
and and oh my oh yeah and and, <laughs> and he, it was it's funny it's like legend it's a legendary horrible interview and Dick Cavett is so uncomfortable <laughs> and Dick Cavett's a good interviewer too he is he tried his best to pull something out of George but it just wasn't there to pull out <laughs> well you're you're in town working with Bell on some music and uh, I think it's pretty cool but. Go, go find out uh, more about Playtime and find out more about Bell Lewis and Michael Garvin. And, and most importantly, find out more about F2F, Faith Perform, uh, the Music Foundation. And for this conversation, it's a good one. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.